0: What's going on, everyone? My name is Elliot Shore Parks. Today is Monday, June 5th, and this is the Best Football Show Podcast, the place for the top news and opinion from myself and from the best of the best of Odyssey's football podcasts and radio stations. If you like what you hear today, please hit that subscribe button for auto downloads and make sure you leave a five star review to help the show grow. As we continue our tour around each division in the NFL, we will wrap up the NFC today with the division that, let's be honest, is the best. In maybe all of the NFL, but at least definitely best in the NFC. And that's because it's the only division that has two legit Super Bowl contenders in it. You can look at the NFC North and talk yourself into maybe the Vikings are for real this time, maybe the Lions surprise people, but realistically, none of them are legit Super Bowl contenders. You can look at the NFC West and say, okay, the Niners are in there, but no one believes in Seattle as a contender. And then the Rams and the Cardinals are major question marks. The NFC East is the only division you can look at in the NFC and go, okay, they have two teams that are absolutely going to be competing for a Super Bowl this year, and that's the Eagles and the Cowboys. And then on top of that, you have the Giants, who I think are complete frauds, but a lot of people think could bounce could take a step forward from what they did last year, where they surprised people and won a playoff game. And then you have Washington that's in a really tricky situation, uh, which we'll get into in just a minute. So overall, the NFC East, a very competitive division two legit Super Bowl contenders, one of the best teams in the NFL in the Eagles, and one of the top probably six teams, six, seven teams in the NFL in Dallas. So let's dive right into it. Just because they're a great division doesn't mean these teams don't have their questions. Let's go through each team and talk about one question for it going into to next season. Let's start with the Washington Commanders. Last year, they go 8-8-1. They had a chance for a playoff spot pretty late into the year. So uh, uh, overall, a better year than they thought they were going to have. The Carson Wentz experiment at quarterback did not work out. And as a result of trying Carson last year and winning more games than expected, they now go into next year with no real plan at quarterback. So for me, the biggest question with Washington is, will they once again win too many games? Is this a team that is going to go out and just are maybe too talented on defense, have too much of a solid head coach in Ron Rivera, where they don't have it in them to win four or five games. And if they don't, what's their plan at quarterback moving forward? Their plan currently, it seems, is to try Sam Howell out as the starter. And then obviously they have a veteran backup in Jacoby Brissett, who is a you know average NFL quarterback that can come in, play decent enough for you, keep you in games. Probably leads you to seven, six wins if he's your starter for a whole year. Not a special option that has a future where you can develop him into the guy. Sam Howell, someone that at one point in his college career was expected to be a top pick, fell in the draft, and now it looks like they're going to give him a chance. But with Eric Bieniemy and his offensive coordinator and obviously what he did in Kansas City, you think he's going to be able to come in there and turn that offense around a little bit. And they do have talent. Terry McLaurin, uh, Jahad Dotson, the offensive line has some nice pieces. So it really does all come, back, come down to the quarterback. But the issue for Washington is if they are able to once again win seven games, eight games, even six games, is that going to be enough to get them high enough in what is a really talented quarterback class to get their legit next signal caller. That's why I felt they should have traded up this year for a quarterback. You know, with the I, mean, I know that the uh, two quarterbacks end up going really high, and then obviously Anthony Richardson at number five. Will Levis was there for the taking. They passed on him, and now next year you look at the players that are going to pre- presumably be coming out. Caleb Williams out of USC, Drake May out of UNC, Bo Nix out of Oregon. There are going to be legit signal callers available that can be franchise players. And will Washington be bad enough to get high high enough for one of them? Is there a chance that Sam Howe comes out and lights the world on fire? Sure, I suppose. Again, Eric enemy, lots of talent around him. He is in a situation where he can, where he can succeed. But I think every Washington fan would tell you realistically he's probably not going to be the guy moving forward. So Washington is wa- walking a, a, a thin line next year. You want to be competitive. You want to have Eric Bieniemy be successful. You have a lot of talent. And if that talent plays up to what they're paying them to be, they will be a team that is somewhat competitive. The issue is that quarterback spot is still a major question. And I kind of think the biggest problem for Washington is they're going to be just good enough to be competitive and maybe talk themselves into being, you know, we almost made the playoffs, but not good enough where they have a legit signal caller or quarterback. So for me, the biggest thing I'm watching watching for Washington next year, it isn't if they'll make the playoffs. It isn't, you know, is Eric bien a great offensive coordinator? Because there, that is an interesting question, right? Coming out of Kansas City. Wasn't the full-time play caller? Wasn't really his offensive system. So we're finally getting a chance to see Eric enemy away from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. So that is something to look for. But overall, each week when I when I watch them play, when I check the standings, when I look at where they're at around the league, what I'm going to be wondering is: Do are they winning too many games? And is this team going to be able to get a quarterback? Because if they can somehow land uh, a Bo Nix, a Drake May, a Caleb Williams. Then all the pieces are really in place, especially if Eric Bieniemy is a special offensive coordinator like many people think. So biggest question for me is, will Washington win too many games to keep them out of the quarterback race? Next up is the Dallas Cowboys. The biggest question I have for the Cowboys is, will they be the team that gets the breaks this season? Look at the NFC East. There has not been a repeat winner, I think, in 18 years at this point, 19 years. It's been an absurd amount of time since a team has been able to go back to back. So you look at the Eagles and go, well, you know, they're top three in Super Bowl odds. They're a team that you would expect to just easily win that division. But if you look at last year, the Eagles didn't clinch it until the last game of the year. And Dallas didn't really have a lot of things go their way. Dak Prescott missed five games. I know they were good without him, but they still had their franchise quarterback miss five games. Dak Prescott had 15 interceptions. Led the league despite missing the five games, just played at a level he did not play at in previous years. And by that, I mean a poor level. He made bad decisions with the ball, had a few, you know, poor breaks in terms of balls that were dropped or bounced off receivers and those type of things that led to interceptions. But ultimately, he did not play well. But Dallas can still look at it and go, we missed Dak. He didn't play well, right? All types of uh, things didn't go their way. And they still only lost a division by one game, despite on the other side for the Eagles, everything going right. Jalen had an MVP season. They had amazing uh, injury. I don't want to say luck because I think there's science involved in everything. But ultimately, injuries are are somewhat lucky. So Eagles had great injury luck. They had a schedule that ended up being relatively easy. Almost every player on the roster had a career year so everything and through you know their hard work and their good coaching and everything but everything went right for the eagles they will they will often not have a season that goes as well as that last season did and all that still dallas only lost uh lost a division by by one game and had a chance in that final week had the eagles lost to potentially win that division so dallas can look at this and go everyone the focus is on the eagles everyone says they're the best team everyone thinks they're going to be a super bowl contender Dallas has a great roster. They have a quarterback that can play at a high level. They have a head coach in Mike McCarthy that we know is certainly, opinions are divided on him, but he wins a lot in the regular season. They go out. They add talent on offense in Brandon Cooks. They add a cornerback in Stephon Gilmore that had a very good year. Dallas is right there with the Eagles, and I think that this division really will come down to not only just the two games against each other, but which team's going to get the breaks, which team is going to have that year where they can go, you know what, things are going our way, and which team is going to have a year more like Dallas had last year with injuries and bad luck and those type of things. So Dallas is extremely talented, ton of talent on offense, ton of talent on defense, great quarterback. There's not a lot of questions, I mean, outside the obvious, will Dak bounce back, but I think he will. I think last year was an anomaly. So for me, the main question is, Will they get the breaks they didn't get last year? And if they do, is that going to be enough to overtake the Eagles and win the division? The next team up is the New York Giants. And it's obvious what the biggest question for them is, is was Daniel Jones a mistake? Was this contract they gave Daniel Jones this offseason a mistake? You look at the last three years, and I know one year was with Brian Dable, so, so we'll talk about that. But the last three years, 11 passing touchdowns, 10 passing touchdowns, 15 passing touchdowns. That's a guy that the Giants just handed their franchise over to with that quarterback contract. And I know it's not a seven-year deal, and you know, it's more of a, a two- or three-year commitment. But two- or three years is a really long time in the NFL, especially coming off a year where you were more successful than people thought. They obviously start the year off with a, with a great uh, start to the year, but ultimately they end it 4-6-1. and one. They get one playoff win, and then they get absolutely demolished by the Eagles in the first good team they played in the playoffs because the Vikings were, we all agree, a bit fraudulent. So they go against the Eagles, and they get absolutely demolished. Daniel Jones is now the biggest question on that team once again because of the money they gave him. Yes, he overperformed to an extent last year. 15 passing touchdowns, was much more accurate with the ball, didn't have a lot of talent around him, and that factored in. But still, 15 passing touchdowns. When Jalen Hurts had 16, I believe, the year before in 2021, the Eagles spent all offseason trying to look for a new quarterback. The Giants, on the other hand, seem completely committed to this guy. They didn't even explore the idea, it seems, of maybe getting a rookie or going after another quarterback. They're all in on Daniel Jones, and he will be the one that decides how good their season is next year. And I'm skeptical. I'm flat-out skeptical. With Jalen, at least with Jalen, it was one year of him as a starter he had those 16 passing touchdowns. Daniel Jones has had four years. He's had four years to show that he can be the guy, and there's still a question about that. So Brian Dable... Of course, there's some questions going into a second year. Was the first half of the year just luck, or was the second half of the year what he really is as a head coach? They've added some talent they add Darren, Darren Waller right I mean they, they have more talent than they did last year to an extent on offense but they are still a team that is just not a great team offensively and a lot of that is because of Daniel Jones. So the Giants next year are going to get their answer if he again has 16 passing touchdowns 17 you know around there really for that money he should be getting in the high 20s but if he if he's still in the teens or if he's in the you know right around 20, Then this time next year, we're going to be looking and saying, well, that was a mistake giving him that money because now they're going to be at least stuck with him for another year or they have to take a big uh, cap hit to get rid of him. So for the Giants, the biggest question is, was Daniel Jones a mistake? Can he take another step forward? Or is the guy he's been for the first four years and the first year under Dable, is that who he is? All right, the last team in the division, arguably the best team, one of the best teams in the NFL – The Philadelphia Eagles, for me, the biggest question for the Eagles going into next year is how much did Shane Steichen really matter? If you look at the two years of Sirianni and Jalen Hurts, the first half of the first year, Shane Steichen was not calling plays. They got off to a horrendous start. They were two and five. There were talks of, you know, Howie being fired, that Nick Sirianni was going to be fired at the end of the year. Then... Shane Steichen takes over play calling. And over the second half of 2021 and all of 2022, they've had one of the best offenses in the NFL. They've had one of the best records in the NFL. And they've been a completely different team. Now Shane Steichen is in Indianapolis. And the Eagles have promoted Brian Johnson to offensive coordinator. And he will once again be calling plays. It's an interesting question with Shane Steichen. Because on one hand, there is no question he did an excellent job. And anytime you lose somebody that did an excellent job, that is not good for the for the franchise. I'm high on Brian Johnson. I think that he will do a good job, but he has not called plays at the NFL level and it is still a change from a guy who did it did an outstanding job. So there's that question. But the other question is, how much of this offense is really Sirianni, and how much was Shane Steichen? Because while the Eagles' defense was was great, they put up great numbers. They they had an outstanding pass rush. All those things we saw in the Super Bowl when the Eagles played a real opponent that they you know a great game that they were very competitive in. The difference in that game was the Chiefs' offense was better than the Eagles' offense. That's point-blank period. The Eagles' offense made a mistake in the first half, and the Eagles' offense wasn't as good in the second half. So moving forward, the Eagles are going to have to continue to win with their offense. If Nick Sir- Now, it is Nick Siria- Sirianni's offense. Philosophically, how they do things, how they run plays, how they teach things, the different options within a play, those are Nick Sirianni. But Sirianni is not the one calling plays on Sunday. He's involved in it in the way that throughout the week they say, okay, on third and three, we like this set of calls. When we're in the red zone, we like we like this set. And then Shane Steichen picks from, you know, those four or five plays. But there is still a feel to it. Throughout the game, Shane Steichen is the one getting the play to Jalen Hurts. Shane Steichen is the one, you know, in constant communication with the quarterback. Sirianni is, but it's different with Shane Steichen. So now Shane Steichen is gone. And will the Eagles offense continue to be as good? If their offense takes a step back, then the team will. Like there's no question about it. As good as Eagles defense can be, the Eagles defense probably doesn't have as much talent as they did last year. And because of that, they're not going to be, in my opinion, the same unit. They have a first-time defensive court or first year defensive coordinator with them in Sean Desai. He has done the job before, but first time in Philadelphia doing the job. So they have two new coordinators. Nick is a great head coach. Jalen's a great quarterback. I think that will probably override all the questions. But Shane Steichen leaving is something that I don't think is talked about enough when discussing how big of a how big of a loss it could be and what could be an issue for this team moving forward. If you look at great teams, the issue they have in repeating success is replacing coordinators. Andy Reid had that problem when he was with the Eagles back in the early 2000s. Doug Peterson had that problem once they won the Super Bowl in 2017. So for the Eagles, they have talent. They have tons of talent on offense. They have a great quarterback. They have a great defensive line. Great secondary. Of course, not every position is strong, but no team has a, has a Pro Bowl player at every, at every position. The Eagles are the closest, but they don't have one at every position. So it'll come down to coaching and the loss of Shane Steichen. How big of a loss is that going to be? Will the offense take a step back? And if they do... The Eagles are in some trouble because we just mentioned Dallas is a very good team and was right on them last year. So for the Eagles, the biggest question is how big of a loss is Shane is Shane Steichen and will Brian Johnson be able to step in and keep the offense humming at the level it was last year. This has been the latest edition of the Best Football Show podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Please hit that subscribe button and please leave a five-star review if you like what you hear, and I'll talk to you guys next time.